Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Your daily encouragement that God has the world in the hollow of his hand. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. All right, what are some of your favorite Christmas songs? We're in that time of year. Hey, I'm Paul. Filling in for Carmen. Morning's okay without Carmen today here on Faith Radio. She'll be back on Monday, but... Oh, you know, I before I became to Faith Radio, I spent many years in Christian music radio, and I always love getting into the Christmas season because just so much good music out there. Now, Ryan, do you have a favorite Christmas song? I mean, I could go so many different directions, what I like to listen to on the radio, what I play on Spotify, what I like on Christmas Eve when I'm actually in a church. Is there a direction okay, you want me just, to go okay. or you want me to just spit so, one out? So what are you pulling up on Spotify right now? Yeah, great question. So uh, I really like The Prayer by Danny Gokey and Natalie Grant just because mm. I think both of their voices together are phenomenal. Like they they can hit notes that I can't even wrap my mind around. <laughs> so I, well, I like that song. It's okay, a good one. Well, okay, they they... I won't say they did a ripoff, but they. This was originally done by Celine Dion yeah. and uh, Andrea Put- Andrea Pertelli. Anyway, th- they're pairing to me. Those are two names who can hit it as well. Oh yeah, yeah. so yeah. so so good. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Even though, te- okay, it's on. It was originally on Celine Dion's Christmas album, although technically not a Christmas song, but it is mm. a good song. It just kind of fits into the season. Yeah, true. So anyway, one of mine. Is a song I, I like what you said, Ryan. But there's a there's a song not as many people know. There's a group called New Song out there. They did several Christmas albums, and one of theirs was called Christmas Hope. And the the title song to it was just amazing, especially when you're going through a hard time, like I was several years ago. And the lyric, I'm just going to give you a bit of it. Her wish this Christmas was that Christmas would just pass her by. Nothing could reach her or answer her question why she feels so alone. And she wonders if all hope is gone. But then it gets to the chorus, hope is a candle, a light in the window showing the way for a heart to come home. Hope is a savior who was born in a manger, sent down from heaven to rescue our hearts, our Christmas hope. Uh, Giving hope at Christmas, that music can do that, you can do that. Hopefully you are doing that. If there's somebody that you know of just needs that little extra encouragement, I hope you are part of doing that. And another way you can do that, you still have time to go to MyFaithRadio.com, and again, if you know that person who's hurting, nominate them for a, a $200 Visa gift card. We're giving away several of these as part of our Give Hope for Christmas campaign. As a matter of fact, a couple of days ago, I had a chance to call one of the people who is receiving one of those $200 gift cards. Let's listen. Hello? Hi, is this Sean? Yes, this is she. Yeah, Sean, I'm Paul Perot from Faith Radio. Hey, Paul. Thank you for um, going to our website, myfaithradio.com, and nominating somebody for the Give Hope for Christmas. And it turns out you nominated yourself. I did. And it, I can honestly say I have never done that in my entire life. <laughs> well, there's a... it was a brave, brave thing, Paul. <laughs> Only it... God could do. 
It it was it was, but I, we're we're glad you did. Tell us about your story here. What what your situation is because this is meant for helping those offering hope to those in need this Christmas. I I have a Christmas miracle prayer, and I just look at it and say, wow, I'm a little widow that basically is experiencing the toughest, most unimaginable things. I I lost my 14-year job, work from home, through no fault of my own, received the most beautiful letter of recommendation, the best I've ever received, only to discover that the whole job market has changed. And I mean, when you see thousands, I think the highest I saw was 11,000 people applying for just one job. And just knowing, Lord, where do we go from here? Seeking them out and saying, Lord, I know because my whole life is about miracles that you are going to use this for the good. Sometimes in our brokenness, that's where our breakthrough comes. I am bordering on homelessness. So you can only imagine the prayers, you know, this has brought me to my knees, kind of that end of your rope place that you hold on to Jesus's hand, you hold on to those tassels at the end of his garment, and just know that in your brokenness that he will bring breakthrough. It's kind of scary to realize that you don't want to be homeless. But if God takes you there, will you be Jesus with skin? Mm. And I will. (laughs) And I know that because I volunteer and work with the homeless. I kind of have the inside scoop. You know what I mean, Paul? (laughs) Yeah, I do. I do. You said, you know, you've been living a life of miracles in the past. Tell us about some of those. Oh, Paul. I have a book to write. I've had pastor friends say, you've got to write this miracle book. You can prove, wow. So I think like the morning my husband left, God laid on my heart to take off of work and make him the biggest, best breakfast. And you wrestle in your humanness going, take a day off. Okay, God, all right, I'll, you, you lead, I follow, let's go. And I made him this great breakfast and it's like lord what do i make and he you know just made it up and it was so beautiful all his favorites and he walks in paul and he says you are just the best wife and i love you so much and we got to laugh and pray and when he hugged me it took my breath away mm-hmm. and it was that moment where you're having that last visit with someone and loving them without knowing it. And I think at Christmas, you start going, what if Jesus comes at Christmas? How would we love differently? I look at that moment and realize, what if I hadn't answered that call where God wanted me to have those last memories of my husband and I? And I want you to know the little lady from last week, the little mama has been heavy on my heart with the two miscarriages. And I want her to know that I am praying for her and that I am a rainbow baby. And that is, I had a twin brother and sister that died at birth. Mm. And so God sends that next child with a double portion of love and encouragement. And I have a pastor friend 
child who was told they would never have a child, they have two. <laughs> I have a cousin that was told she would never have a child. Four children later, miracles. I have seen miracles from birth till now, and I don't know how not to believe God for a miracle for her and for me. I'm spending Christmas with Jesus, and all I have to give is Him and love, and that's enough. Sean, thank you. Yes, we will be giving you that gift of that $200 Visa gift card. I know it's not a lot, but hopefully Mm -hmm. something that will bless you this Christmas. And may God provide for you a new job and continue so you can continue where you're living right now. Again. Lord. Thank you, Paul. Thank you all. And please just know the difference you're making. Hey, thank you, um, Shauna, for joining us, even if you nominated yourself. But you're in need. We get that. So whether it's yourself or, again, maybe that neighbor, that family member, that friend at work that needs that extra dose of hope this Christmas, go to MyFaithRadio.com, nominate them for one of our Give Hope for Christmas $200 Visa gift cards. We're giving away several of those. Uh, so, again, MyFaithRadio.com. This is Mornings with Carmen. I'm Paul filling in, and AI continues to impact us, sometimes in negative ways. If you haven't heard, Sports Illustrated's CEO, Ross Levinson, has been let go because of the, the well, story about what happened for uh, them where they were using AI to write articles with not without disclosing that to readers and there were errors in the articles so the the revelation tri- is triggering a back backlash a lot of debates around AI's role in media and questions about media credibility and but a lot of media s- newsrooms are using AI in s- Okay there's science and reason And then there's God and faith, and never the two shall twain. Or at least that's the way it's sometimes popularly framed. But is that the best way to frame it? Hey, I'm Paul filling in for Carmen here on Faith Radio. And Heather Zeiger joins us, as she does regularly. She's a part of the Center for Bioethics and Human Dignity. She's a science writer and editor for bioethic.com, right? That's right. So right. keeps you busy. Keeps you busy. Yeah, it and, does. Okay, we want to get to the AI story because again, AI is affecting us at so many levels in our society. But before we get to that, I saw an article earlier this week about a German scientist, Heino Felke, and he did a presentation. He was talking about physics without God. That's an absurdity, and it, it goes against the again the common perception of there's reason in science and there's faith. Talk about that. Yeah, well, what's interesting, so Heino Falke is well known for leading the team that took the first actual pictures of a black hole. So um, this was using the Event Horizon Telescope, which I think we've talked about on here before, but it's like a telescope that's made up of um, radio dishes from all over the world. And so in 2017, there happened to be a clear day uh, and all those spots all over the world, and they were able to take the first real images of the black of a black hole. So Heino Falke is this physicist astronomer who has loved this stuff since he was a kid. This is his dream come true, right? He's also very open about his Christian beliefs, and he actually believes physics without God is impossible. It's an absurdity. And I'm going to tell you, Paul, I, 
I have heard this many times that there are a lot of physicists who study cosmology and outer space that are at the very least deists. Most of them are theists or Christian theists. And it has to do with the evidence for the beginning of the universe. So a lot of people were convinced when there was the evidence from the Hubble, Hubble's telescope uh, for the Big Bang, where they're like, oh, wait, this universe has a beginning, which sounds a lot like Genesis. Mm -hmm. And then, then there's the idea of the fine tuning of the universe, how things are just so finely tuned for everything to work out for life, for earth, for us to be here. And then there's all these amazing discoveries from beginning with the Hubble Space Telescope and more recently with the James Webb Telescope. And so what's interesting about, um, about this field of study where you have so many people who are theists or in uh, Professor Falke's case, Christian theists, is even though on earth here in the big city, um, light pollution from electricity, mm. we, we don't get to see stars the way people back before electricity were able to see stars. But these scientists can see stars and beyond with all of their amazing telescopes. So they truly are kind of experiencing how the heavens declare the glory of God. Yeah. It is amazing. And again, you're talking about a guy who I, – I, I've heard what you were talking about, where there's a lot of cosmologists, a lot of physicists that they just look at things, things being so finely tuned and so much precision. It's like there's got to be a mind behind it. Yeah. And so – if you actually look at just the fine tuning of the constants of the gravitational constant, or in my area of chemistry, when you're looking at strong and weak nuclear forces, and you're kind of like, wow, there's almost a conspiracy here for all of this to work together so perfectly, that at some point, you just have to concede, you know what, it, it really can't be random chance. No, no. And so from there, you got to ask questions. Exactly. Well, again, this is Mornings with Carmen talking with Heather Zeiger from the Center for Bioethics and, excuse me, Center for Bioethics and Human Dignity. And this kind of plays into the human dignity thing. There was an article I found in a video about robots providing companionship to aging Americans. It was from Scripps News where they actually had a reporter who went to just outside of Rochester at a, at a place where there's an elderly gentleman. His, his family tries to do what they can to take care of him, but they have busy lives. And so they had got this little AI device to be almost like a companion. Yeah, so this is an area where in the bioethics world, we've there's been questions about whether using robots, uh, robot pets or robot companions to help, especially older people who are dealing with isolation, whether that's a good thing. So just, just for a little context, remember the Surgeon General earlier this last year had said loneliness is a public health problem. And there's been all this research about how isolation and loneliness can uh, cause like cardiovascular disease, stroke, dementia, depression, all this stuff. So elderly people need interaction. Having said that, you know, just the kind of the society that we live in, it's hard for caregivers to give them the level of interaction they need. So the thought is, well, can robots fill in? Um, that Scripps report, I think, actually did a good job of taking a balanced approach on things because they point out that um, these robots might be good for supplementing human companionship, but they can't substitute that. And, you know, Paul, we kind of experienced that during COVID where, you know, a Zoom call where you are actually interacting with a real person is still just not the same thing as having actual human interaction and human companionship. 
I will say, though, one of the good things about using robots, um, particularly with the elderly, is they they are helpful for things like reminding them to take their medications yeah. or reminders or asking, uh, are you OK if there is an emergency situation? I know there are nurses who will use robot assistance if they need to lift or turn patients and um, surgeons who will use robot assistance. So. I don't want to say it's all good or all bad, but probably we need to be careful to not overextend or let robots take the place of human interaction, which mm -hmm. honestly, there is no replacement for that. That's true. It did scare me at the end of the story, well, the article and, and the video where the, the man they had on there, his wife had passed away. She also had one of these uh, robot attendants and... One of uh, his sons was saying, "Well, I'm kind of living an isolated life. I want that." It's like, mm, okay, you're you're mobile. I think you may want to think something differently. But that was that's another thing. Well, again, we're talking with Heather Zeiger from the uh, Center for Bioethics and Human Dignity. And as we continue more on AI, because okay, AI can be a very helpful tool. Doctors are using it to diagnose things, but. It also, it's only that, a tool. There's some things it just can't do, and we'll talk about that in just a few moments as we continue here on Mornings with Carmen. I'm Paul filling in. This is Faith Radio. Feelings, nothing more than feelings. I mean, seriously, if all we had was nothing more than feelings, we would just be lost in a sea of mush. Hello, friend. Uh, I'm sure you have noticed by now that feelings are a terrible barometer of the truth. Our feelings are affected by the weather, world events, what we ate last night, whether or not someone we like or love texted or tagged us in a social post, how badly someone else sings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you're feeling lonely right now, I want you to ask yourself, am I really ever truly alone? Of course not. As a follower of Christ, Jesus promises to be with you always. He's literally with you right now in the thick of it, in the midst of whatever circumstances you're dealing with in your life. So I want to be a source of hope and encouragement to you today. If you are struggling to make it, even just to the next moment, if you're feeling lonely, text the word HOPE to 877-933-2484. Okay, I know we talk a lot about AI, at least I have this week here on Faith Radio as I fill in for Carmen. I'm Paul. This is Mornings with Carmen and Heather Zeiger joining us. You know, but Heather, AI has become so much a part of our lives, whether it's on our smartphones, whether it's ChatGPT, and, and again, science is using it too. And they're finding more and more there's some things AI can do, there's certain things that they cannot. Tell us about the story about the re reproducibility crisis in science when it comes to AI. Yeah, so it turns out using AI, and let's let's be clear, when we say AI, we're saying artificial intelligence, but it's not intelligence like human intelligence, and that's part of the problem. So human beings, we're pretty good at picking out when something is silly, when something, I mean, you would think not, maybe you're hearing the media, but we are actually pretty discerning. We can pick out when things just don't make sense. So I look at an x-ray, I know the border of an x-ray is not part of the lungs, part of an x-ray. Well, it turns out AI, does not know how to do this. It doesn't know how to read medical images in the same way a human being does. So uh, scientists and doctors have been using AI to look at things like x-ray images of lungs to check to see if it has if the person has COVID or pneumonia or if they're healthy lungs. And 
they they were using this uh there were papers published and then they realized wait a minute what is the ai actually using to determine if the patient has pneumonia because the ai was doing a little better than random chance it turns out it was using background artifacts it wasn't even looking at anything that was of medical consequence the essentially the algorithm had learned the specificity of that particular x-ray machine mm -hmm. or an individual patient so it was looking at background things that we know are not part of the x-ray and so that means that all of these images that they were um using or that that the ai had said oh this person doesn't or does have pneumonia really wasn't looking for evidence of pneumonia. It was looking at other background things hmm. with the particular machine, with the data that has been fed. And so this just goes to show, Paul, and this isn't just in x-rays. This is in other things like identifying cell types. So sometimes they use algorithms to identify types of cells because our bodies are full of all different types of cells. Um, so this is a problem because when we talk about AI, remember, it's not intelligent the way a human being is intelligent, it's only as good as the data that's fed to it and the program and the way that it's programmed. And so if it's looking at, you know, weird things like this, this machine, you know, has some sort of certain border and positive cases tend to have some sort of fluctuation, it will look at that, but that's not transferable to say another set of lungs for, that were taken on an x-ray in a different machine. Mm. So this is something that is, um, you know, people who work in machine learning know how to work with AI, but a lot of scientists who are not trained are using it to study data and are not getting good data. So this is why they say this is a reproducibility crisis in science. I did see an article. I, I know this wasn't part of what we were talking about today or planning to, but I saw it this morning where they were looking at artificial intelligence and oftentimes we kind of think, hey, it's a sentient agent, you know, kind of like data from, from uh, Star Trek. But um, <clears throat> they're finding out that even children can they they can look at look at things and have a novel idea how to conceptualize things as opposed to ai you're right ai can only factor what it knows or at least what it's been programmed to do whereas a human especially even children they can kind of look at things in a novel way and find out answers that ai can't yes so. yes well, we have just a few more moments, and this is important because, again, as we want to make sure we have healthy things like water, uh, there's a move by the EPA to replace all lead water pipes within 10 years. I keep going back to the situation a couple of years ago. We just have a couple of moments, but in Gary, Indiana, where they changed their water supply, which had more acid in it or more of a corrosive, and that started leaching the, um, the lead in the pipes, the old pipes that were in, part, in, that, in parts of that city. Yeah. So what happens, Paul? So prior to the 1980s, lead was used to create pipes and, and that's because lead's easy to work with, yeah. but um, it's also water doesn't leak. Well, what happens if water is too acidic or too alkaline is it can corrode the pipes and it's that corrosion um, that then leads to lead getting into drinking water. And um, over time, lead toxicity can build up and it's especially bad for developing uh, yes. children uh, for children that are young children in their developing brains yeah so it's good that they're uh, they're doing that it's just it's going to yeah. take a lot of work we understand that well yeah. heather again uh, last time we get to talk to you in 2023 we look forward to continuing our conversations next year but as we, we were talking earlier this hour about favorite christmas songs what's one of your favorite ones you like hearing 
I love hearing a lovely version of Oh Holy Night. Mm. And uh, I will have to say, at my husband's school, the children sing Friendly Beasts, and I feel like Christmas season starts when I hear Friendly Beasts. So. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's wonderful hearing kids sing that one. It's just, it's so, it's so, yeah. It, it, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Hey, Heather, hope you and your husband have a great and happy uh, uh, Christmas season, and we look forward to talking to you in 2024. You too, Paul. It was good talking to you. You too. Well, again, this is Mornings with Carmen. I'm Paul filling in, and a few years ago, heading into the Christmas season, Carmen and I heard a song by artist Craig Avon called The Sweetest Gift. Craig's a worship leader at uh, Cornerstone Baptist Church down in Inverness, Florida. And after talking with families that experienced the loss of a loved one and were looking at the Christmas celebration ahead of them, he penned a song called The Sweetest Gift. Here's just part of it. Tears fill my eyes. The memories flood my mind as I place your ornaments upon the tree. And although this year I have a broken heart, it gives me hope and joy to remember where you are. You're with the Son of God. You're with the Prince of Peace. You're with the one we're celebrating. And that thought amazes me. Okay, are you heading into a Christmas season that (laughs) it's going to be hard because there's an empty chair and an empty spot in your heart? If you're struggling with that, and this is true not only only during the Christmas season, it just gets heightened at Christmas, but year-round, are you ready to lean into that pain, kind of like that song has there? Yes, I'm celebrating. I'm leaning into the pain. Are you ready to do that with God's grace? Coming up in a few moments, Ed and Lisa Young, they are uh, pastors down at Fellowship Church in Texas, and they lost their daughter a few years ago. Um... Lee Beth's her name, and, well, we'll let them tell their story, but they've leaned in because they want to be healed, and they want their joy. And so we're going to hear from them. Their book is called A Path Through Pain, and they'll join me shortly here on Faith Radio. I'm Paul filling in on Mornings with Carmen. Is there an empty chair at the table this Christmas, or was there one at Thanksgiving? I'm Paul, and this is Faith Radio. I'm filling in for Carmen this week. And, okay, this past Thanksgiving, there was an empty spot at our table because my brother Tom unexpectedly passed away earlier this year. And, yeah, it was different. But I, I'm, I'm glad we, I have a family that didn't try and skirt around the issue or ignore it. We, we lean into the pain, and I'm glad we did that because... So many people use losses, especially during the holidays, as a way of not engaging, or sometimes well, they use it wrongly and, and it becomes pain for others. To help us deal with this and hopefully help us learn to walk through the pain, Ed and Lisa Young are joining me right now from Fellowship Church in Dallas. And uh, Ed and uh, Lisa, thank you for your new book. It's called A Path Through Pain, How Faith Deepens and Joy Grows Through What You Would Never Choose. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you so much, Paul. Now, you guys went through a pretty big loss here a few years ago with the death of your daughter, Lee Beth. She was like, what, 32? 34. 34, okay. 34 years old. And just to give you a little background about Lee Beth, she was a thriving young woman. Uh, Lee Beth was just an amazingly talented person, individual. But about eight years ago, or I'm sorry, eight years from the time she passed away in 2021, she had made some poor relational choices and uh, just became involved in um, drinking alcohol, which 
her situation was binge drinking. She was single, living alone, and she struggled with anxiety and depression throughout high school and even in her 20s, but it was never something that uh, was debilitating. She functioned and and actually was a part of the Fellowship Church staff, our church staff, and was very, very much a leader in her own right. Um, just to mention that when she passed away, so many people reached out to us and just said, you know, Lee Beth was the connection that they had with Fellowship Church and how she had ministered to them. So it's interesting that even as someone who's gifted and thriving and and working and going through life, you can still have these uh, situations, these hidden issues. And for her, it was binge drinking, and she mixed it with Adderall, which mm. is a type of medicine for attention deficit disorder, which she had that as well. And we were always guarded when she was a child as to medication, but... Um, those were the two things that she was mixing. And so after a series of situations that let us know that she was not well, um, she went one time to rehab and then, of course, was meeting with a counselor and working with groups. But it was post-COVID or in Texas post-COVID <laughs> because we opened up back early. And so a lot of the things were limited and a lot of it was lonely for her. And so she had one episode on June uh, or January 19th, 2021, and it actually caused her to lose her life. Okay, I got to ask because, again, here we are in the Christmas season, and it was just, you know, okay, she died in January. What was the first Christmas like for you as a family? I would say it was, it, it had some joy, but obviously just that that empty chair the the grieving I, I i definitely believe it was it was exacerbated during the holiday season which magnifies so many emotions and the thing that was interesting paul about lee beth is that she was one of our superstar staff members her her drinking and taking adderall never really affected her work generally speaking mm -hmm. she she was able to to function well she looked great to most people. Obviously, we could tell when she was struggling with some things. But the tough thing that that we have, have dealt with, and I know you've gone through pain and all of our listeners have, is that you go, okay, why? And in our case, it's like, hey, God, we've been pastors here for 32 years. We helped start this thriving church. We we have been honest and open and, and lived pure lives by by God's grace and mercy. And now, why would this happen to us? And, and, and that was a question that Lisa and I ask and still ask some. I would say the, the anger, the doubt, the remorse, you know, swimming in the pool of regret, doing those laps I would have, should have, could have. So yeah, all of those things come to a head when you're when you're dealing with something like this and especially at the holidays i think we mentioned the empty chair and all of the emotions that you deal with in grief seem to escalate as you become so keenly aware that someone is not there that should be and for us the firsts which that's something known in grief is getting over the firsts 
And for us, her birthday was October 3rd. We Mm. had Thanksgiving, you know, coming up in November and then that Christmas. And so even the anticipation for those events was hard to handle. And I know that listeners are quite frankly experiencing pain of some sort. And the tendency is to isolate, to step back. And sometimes that's healthy and necessary. Yeah. But it can also become a place of retreat that comes a place that imprisons you and doesn't allow you to take the necessary steps to engage with others and find community. And it's like a single cell, you know, cell alone will wither and die. Mm-hmm. But there's something called the extracellular matrix that basically is kind of a foundation where where cells come together and literally feed off one another. So that's why the church is so important. Mm-hmm. That's why community is so important. That's why, as Lisa said, we need to lean in to this connection because Christianity is not a solo sport, you know? No. I didn't think we are going to get a uh, lesson in biology this morning, but that's okay. <laughs> well, you know what? I don't even know that much about science. I just researched that for a sermon a while uh, back, so oh. it kind of just came up. <laughs> but it sounds, it, hey, I sound really smart. I'm not, but I sound smart. <laughs> well, again, we're talking to Ed and Lisa Young, and uh, again, pastors down at Fellowship Church and authors of a book called A Path Through Pain. How faith deepens and joy grows through what you've never would choose. Well, okay, I would never choose, I should say. Okay, mm-hmm. you're calling our listeners, you're calling us when pain arises, be it a death, as in the case of your daughter, Lee Beth, be it a divorce. And as you said, there, there is a time where you need to get away, but eventually you got to get to the point where you're going to walk through the pain, or at least walk the pain to somebody. Let's talk about that, because... You you can't ignore it. You have to at some right. somewhere along the line deal with it. You do, and I like the word path. It's a purpose that always takes us to and through Him, and the path through pain is the road less traveled. But I would encourage all of the listeners, no matter what level of pain that they're processing, because it's. It's important to do a pain audit regularly to think about what you've gone through and maybe what you're experiencing right now. And one of the reasons we wrote the book is not just to talk about the pain of death, of losing a child like we did. Obviously, that's in the book, but it 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 addresses all sorts of pain, all sorts of, of difficulties and trauma that we go through. So whenever you meet someone, all you have to do is ask a couple of questions. And usually that third question, you'll begin to hear some pain that they're processing and dealing with. And and I, I'm sure you've heard it said too, the revealing of our feelings would be the beginning of healing. Hmm. I like that. I like that. Again, talking with Ed and Lisa Young, their book is A Path Through Pain. And when we continue, maybe you're saying, well, okay, I, I got it under control. I don't have to turn to anybody to help deal with it. Really, I want to. I want us to talk about what's at stake if you don't take your pain and loss to God. Again, Paul filling in for Carmen. Thank you for listening to Faith Radio. Listen to Faith Radio live or on demand no matter where you go. Download the free Faith Radio app at your app store today.
All right, who's listening right now? Okay, obviously you are, but when you're listening, did you know there's three of you listening to what we're talking about? The person you think you are, the person others think you are, and the person God knows you are. And that last one is very important, mm-hmm. especially if you're dealing with a situation of a trauma, a loss, especially at Christmas time. I'm Paul filling in for Carmen. Again, we're talking with Ed and Lisa Young, uh, authors of A Path Through Pain, How Faith Deepens and Joy Grows Through What You Would Never Choose. And Okay, there's a lot. I, I, I was looking at your book, Ed, and there, the death of your daughter was nothing you would choose. You had a lot of other things you went through that, you know, you would not have chosen, including heart surgery and such. Um, <laughs> thankfully, in all these different traumas, along with taking these things to the right people, in the case of your heart situation, you took, you know, the, you took it to a, a good doctor from what I saw. When we have pain, loss that we're dealing with, we should take it to God. But oftentimes we resist that. What's at stake for not taking our loss and pain to God? I think it's a... Uh... A life that is less than as opposed to a life that is more than. When I say a life that is more than, that's living in the sweet spot of God's success. But God's success is not how we would define success. Yet, when when we go through this, if we do it God's way, if we take it to the great physician, Jesus, he will, and, and we talk about this in our book, he'll supply our every need. He'll help us when we're will help us when we're tempted, you know, to just worry about ourselves and 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 think that we got the raw end of the deal. We'll understand the sufficiency of his grace. We we also know through scripture and and just because of our relationship with Jesus that we have victory over the grave, forgiveness of sins, and all of those aspects, I believe, began to get began to become more and more real as we grieve God's way, because the Bible is very clear. We will go through pain. We will suffer. We don't like to talk about it. It doesn't mm-hmm. always get the most clicks and likes, but but that's that's a fact. And I'm not trying to be a doggy downer, nor is Lisa. We're saying, though, we live in a fallen, infallible place. We will process and go through pain. Yet the great news is pain and joy go on parallel tracks, so to speak, and the track of joy begins to to just to to um, surround the other track with this supernatural peace that's beyond understanding. Not to say that we still don't have our moments and you're still going to lob those questions God's way, but God way works and God is good when things are good and God is good when things aren't. You know, the one thing you uh, do in the book, and again, we're talking to Ed and Lisa Young. um, One thing you do in your book, The Path Through Pain, is the insert, you know, insert yourself in a Bible verse. I have done this many times, for example, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And where the world is, I put myself. So God so loved the world. uh, God so loved Paul that he gave his only son. That's a great way of grabbing on to some of the promises. You took it in a different direction for me. And I was, for example, Romans 5.3, where it says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. And (laughs) you say, insert your suffering there. You say, you know, say something like, for me, not only so, but I will also glory in my 
and I can put divorce because that that was a painful breakup. But I, you know, since then, God has done stuff in my life that I, okay, this is nothing I would have chosen, but God used for good when I handed it to him. Talk about inserting your pain into God's word, into God's promises. So if you look at the Bible as a whole, you see a beautiful, I mean, there's so many it's it's a supernatural book, but of course, but you you look at real and raw people who are dealing with situations. One of my favorite is the Apostle Paul because he's so honest with mm-hmm. you know he we know his background. It was he was a horrific sinner if you were going to give a scale of sin. And then as he ministered, he had a thorn in the flesh and he prayed for God to remove it and he reached out to God, but it did not go away. And so he learned how to do life with a limp. And that's what those of us who are going through pain, and as Ed said, if, you, if you're if you not going through pain now, you've either been through it or you're go- being prepared to go through it. And as we do, we do sometimes walk with a limp. Ed and I will always be different because of the loss and the pain that we've experienced in our lives. But when you allow God, you put yourself in the situation. Like I put myself in the situation of Paul when he says, I prayed three times and God didn't remove it, but I know that God's grace is sufficient and his power is made perfect in my weakness, in Lisa's weakness. And I'm weak a lot of the times, but he gives me strength. And for I, I would encourage the listeners, Christianity 101 is reading God's word, being involved in a community of church, uh, being a servant to others. For us, it's generosity. And all of those things are like faith deposits. They seem somewhat insignificant, Paul, as you as you are just doing life. But when something major hits you, when these rogue winds of pain come at you from all directions, you have something uh, something of a bank account of faith to draw from, which gives you the strength, the courage, and the power to take the next step, to take that next step on your path through pain, to actually walk your faith out when you, at the moment, feel so empty. And I look back on my life, I became a Christ follower when I was a child, as did Ed, and those basic Christianity 101 things didn't seem so important, but yet I, I'm a journaler, and so as I would do my—I'm not even sure that's a word—a journaler. But <laughs> well, that's anyways. okay. We make up words okay. all the time on the show, so okay. you're good. You're okay. Good. So I would journal along with my uh, quiet time, and I look back on the things that I was praying over and what God was doing and how He answered, and He has been faithful in the times that were painful, but not quite so painful. And even in those monumental times, but it's up to us to lean in to him. We can lean into a lot of things that are not going to be healthy, but if we lean into scripture and lean into what God says, then we will make that path through pain and we will experience joy along the way. And we can't do it on our own. We don't have the, the horsepower yet God does and through the power of his Holy Spirit, he gives us that octane to to come through it. And the crazy thing is, as you're coming through it, you see opportunity after opportunity that that he gives you. Not that you wouldn't, of course, trade it all to 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 get, in our case, to get Lebeth back. 
but we have seen God since her, her her passing from here to to heaven. We've seen God do just some really amazing things in our lives. Just talking to people, the identification we have with mm-hmm. people going through pain. What's happened in our church, Paul, over the last two years has been amazing. So, so God definitely uses it, and in God's sovereignty. We'll never know the what and the why and the how until we get to heaven. And who knows if we'll even ask him those questions in heaven, because <laughs> heaven will be so amazing. I, I think but... it'll become pretty clear at that point. Once... <laughs> yeah, I bet it so will. Yes. Hey, Ed, Lisa, we're oh. running out of time, but thank you again. Again, the book is called A Path Through Pain, How Faith Deepens and Joy Grows Through What You Would Never Choose. Thanks again for spending time with us here on Carmen Show. Paul, thank, thank you, Paul. you, sir. Thank you. Well, again, this is Mornings with Carmen, and I love how they just, again, out of their pain and then out of their them being comforted by God, they share comfort with you. Uh, maybe that's something you're looking for, whether it be the loss of a loved one, as I mentioned earlier, divorce, or what other trauma. Um, I, we want to give you some hope this Christmas. So, again, go to my—actually, uh, text the word HOPE to 877-933-2484. We want to send you over the next uh, several days some encouragements and, and let you know we're praying for you during this Christmas season and beyond. But, again, text the word HOPE to 877-933-2484. Another conversation Carmen had early in November was with a representative of the organization Grief Share. If you're going through a situation— where you, you've lost a loved one and you're needing to be surrounded by those who've been there and can encourage you, I would urge you go to griefshare.org because uh, they have a lot of great resources and groups in many of our communities that will help you. Well, as we're winding down the show, here we are 12 days away from Christmas. Got any travel plans? <laughs> you and about 115 million other Americans. That's the estimate this year by the AAA They're saying there's going to be a 2.2% increase over travel airplanes, driving more than 50 miles, whatever, uh, this year compared to last year. So this will be like the second most traveled holiday season since 2000, I think they said. And Paula Twydale with the AAA says, yeah, when they did the survey, why were people wanting to do this? Well, more Americans are investing this, <laughs> investing in travel because it's still pretty expensive. Despite the cost, they're doing it to make memories with loved ones and experience new places with them. So if you're traveling, again, make plans already for busy roads, busy airports and such. Factor that in as you're making your travel plans. Oh, and if you're going to travel and if you have not downloaded the Faith Radio app yet, what a great way to stay connected with Faith Radio as you travel. It's easy to do. Just text the word APP to 877-933-2484. It's not just good for travel, too. Uh, I oftentimes use it in my car. I'll Bluetooth it into my uh, car stereo system. That way I can listen crystal clear to Faith Radio or one of the podcasts. Because say what's on, I, 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 want, I heard something and I want to hear it again. I can go back and listen to the podcast. It's so easy. Well, again, thank you for spending time with us. I'm Paul. Been filling in this uh, week and we'll continue to do that tomorrow here on Faith Radio here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. 
If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.